0: Most holy Lord, you alone are worthy of my praise. O holy Lord, most holy Lord, with all of my heart I sing great.
1: Phil Jackson, one of the elders here at Preston Crest. We just want to welcome everyone here. We are glad, it's glad to see everyone here. Glad those who have joined us virtually online, especially our visitors. We, uh, we're glad to see you here. We welcome you. Hope you'll stick around for a little bit for us to get to know you. Asking everyone to please check in uh, by typing check in to 469-476-5331, and be sure to check your bulletin for lots of other news information and upcoming events. Preston Crest is a congregation committed to passion for God and compassion for people. So let's enter into our worship with that in mind. Please join me in prayer. Holy Lord, oh holy Lord, we gather here to sing your praises and you are certainly worthy. We offer you what we have this morning, our time, our attention, our resources, all to you, Lord. Help us when this world distracts us from you. We lay down all our worries, our cares and sins at the cross of your son, by whom you showed us such grace. Help us be your light, starting here in this place as we join together in song and word, then moving to our families and friends, colleagues, neighbors, onto the ends of the earth. Help us be sensitive to the darkness that lives in the souls of men, that the song of our life, your light, lifts them up to you. In the name of your son, the reason for our song today, Jesus Christ, amen. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalms 30, verse 4. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name
0: good morning we are glad that you have chosen to be with us this morning if you're visiting welcome we are a imperfect body of believers the only perfect one is jesus christ and our task is to imitate him and so we do the best that we can and we are here to encourage one another to encourage you and so we are glad that you're here visitor or member let's stand as we sing this morning and praise the lord Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory. this morning, as he gathers us around the table to remember, as we prepare for that time, I challenge you to focus your heart, close your eyes, ignore your kids for just a minute if you have to, and remember the sacrifice that God made for us by sending his Son. How deep the Father's
2: love us!
3: Yesterday was my dad's birthday. So I'd like to share with you this morning some passages from Joshua chapter 24 that spoke to him and speaks to me and should speak to all of us. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and I brought you out. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. You did not do it with your own sword and bow, so I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build. and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves this day Whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pray with me. Lord, I I pray your blessings upon us today. I I pray for the courage to serve you with all of our hearts, our souls, and our minds. And I thank you for this hour, this time of communion, which we partake of every week, to remind us, to remind us of all of these things, of how you have watched over us from the beginning. And I pray that you will look down upon us with compassion and mercy and help us to make that decision every day that we will serve you. In Christ's name, amen. Lord, as we, as we conclude our communion service, I pray that you will help us all to look forward, look forward to this new year. I pray that you will bless us with courage to lead our families, to engage with each other to build each other up, to encourage each other. I pray that you will help us to remember every day uh, the blessings that we have, uh, the cities that we occupy that we did not build. I pray for your mercy and your compassion watch over each of us now as we as we commune with you as we look forward as we are thankful in Christ's name amen
0: faithful love.
4: Good morning, once again. We are so glad that you're here with us in person or online. And uh, if you're a regular here, uh, you know this is a time when we just remind you uh, about how to give. And it's very easy here. You can give on the website. There's a give button there. You can give through church teams, uh, which is texting. Or you can just drop a check in the in the box out in the foyer if you want to do that. Uh, but it, these uh, donations, these contributions go to help so many ministries. We love to highlight those at this point. And this is a good time of year to talk about sunshine. Sunshine School. Uh, Sunshine School is a pre-K here at Preston Crest that has been around for 30 years. And honestly, Phil, for 30 years it has had the unofficial title as the cutest ministry at Preston Crest. Um, And it's just interesting to think of all the lives, little lives, young lives, and then how they've grown up over the years that have been impacted, uh, discipleship seeds planted, uh, basic pre-K kind of stuff has been learned. And, and so much time has gone into this. The director now, Dana, is a former, former student uh, at Sunshine School. Dana Palacios, who does an amazing job. And several of the teachers, honestly, and the staff there also are graduates of Sunshine School. So if you are a Preston Crest member, it's open tomorrow for Preston Crest members Uh, The registration, and then it'll open up to the community here in a little bit. But you'll want to get on that tomorrow if you're a Preston Crest member and you want your kids to be part of Sunshine School. Uh, 7 a.m. it opens up. More info on the Preston Crest website or just call the Sunshine School office tomorrow and talk to Dana or one of her folks. And let's pray over that as we uh, celebrate what God is doing here. Lord, you have used this ministry and so many others to touch lives, young and old, and we praise you for what you are doing and what you have allowed us to partner with you in doing that is so humbling to us. I pray God your blessing on Dana and her team, and I pray uh, your blessing on those young folks who will be part of Sunshine School, uh, God that you will just protect them, that you will grow them in their relationship with you, that they, you will remind them of how loved they are. And that you will just continue to anoint this ministry with your grace and favor. We pray this to the glory of Jesus and in his name. Amen. Do we have a video?
2: Sunshine School. Sunshine School is a two day a week preschool with a three day option for children who are five. Our youngest students will enjoy our beautifully renovated nursery. Children in our twos, threes, and pre K classes go to chapel each day where they worship and learn from God's Word. They also participate in art classes, music classes, and Imagination Station each week. Children at Sunshine School learn social skills and the foundations of academics in a fun and nurturing environment. More importantly, we teach our children to love the Lord, have a positive attitude, and treat others with kindness. If you would like more information about Sunshine School, please go to our website at PrestonCrest.org.
0: Let's stand as we give our, uh, our our kids a chance to go on up to children's worship, and let's sing as they go. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let
4: Thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate uh, you filling in today for Mr. John Scott Davis, who should be back next week. Uh, but we are so blessed to have Jeffrey and others like him who can help us and take us into the presence of God. And that's what we've done this morning, gone into God's presence and worshiped the name of our, of our God. We will be in Matthew chapter 11 today as we continue our discipleship series. So let's get right into the text. These are red letter words, words of Jesus for us. Matthew 11, starting in verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. And revealed them to little children. Yes. Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom, that would be us, the Son chooses to reveal him. And then this part. Come to me. Come to me. All Who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isla, I was reminded last night of this passage when you were in our bedroom going through some old stuff. I don't, pictures and things. I don't know if you found those out of the file cabinet that we were cleaning out yesterday. But there were these pictures of like our kids when they were really little. Like David, who's now 21, was, was probably three, four, five months old in one of these pictures. And it was a passport picture, Okay. And I just forgot how much of an XL baby David was because he was sitting there with these giant jowls and could hardly hold his little head up because his head was so massive. And he was kind of looking off to the side in this passport picture. And I mean, he was kind of cute, but really like big. And then I was thinking, poor guy, as a baby, your passport is valid for five years. So like five-year-old David had that. As his passport picture, I was like, man. And then I had a mixture of a slight panic attack and celebrating how cute our kids were and stuff. But the panic attack was this. I remembered traveling with small children, air travel. Any of you guys done that? Air travel with small children? Oh, it's, it's really fun. Um, it's great. And uh, yeah, the air pressure that makes their ears hurt and they scream. And then, and then we lived in Brazil. And so when we would travel down there, we needed to use our entire baggage allowance. Uh, 70 pounds times uh, four, no, times eight, because each person got two bags. There were four of us, including our two little ones. And so it's 560 pounds of baggage plus a stroller. And I mean, we were taking like, Overhead projector for the church, some sound equipment for the church, computer for the church, uh, new clothes and Christmas presents from the family, doctor, lots of Dr. Pepper, uh, stuff we couldn't get in Brazil. And it was heavy, and those kids were completely When it came, (laughs) when it came, not, I mean, worse than worthless. Not only were they not helping to carry things, but it was like, you know, where are the kids? It It was just, and now we travel, oh, what a delight. I mean, when we travel with our kids, they carry their own bags. And when we travel without kids, you know, it's good too. But I was just thinking this passage, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was remembering when the burdens were so heavy. And it was so complicated to travel, but we do carry a lot of burdens. And this invitation of Jesus is as valid today as it was so many years ago. He invites us, and we're going to talk this morning about what are some of those things that he sees us carrying, our shoulders slumped over, and he's like, you don't need to carry that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as we continue our conversation about discipleship. And we see right off the top how relational this is. Jesus' reference point, me and the Father, and the Father and I, and these people that I've chosen. And then this invitation there at the end, come unto me. It's an invitation to walk with Jesus and then take my yoke. You know, to be yoked is to literally be connected to Jesus, side by side with Jesus. It is so intimate. It is so personal. That is what he's inviting us to. And 23 times in the New Testament, he has this command or this invitation, follow me. 23 times, follow me. And here, come unto me. He wants us to come to him. That's what discipleship is. It is a relationship with Jesus that grows over time where we learn from him more than that. We become like him. That is what discipleship is. And we're talking about it because it is so important to this church family here at Preston Crest. So discipleship basically is this. It is a relationship between a person and Jesus. We learn from him And over time, we become like him. So, uh, follow me. What a beautiful invitation from Jesus to us. Now, for so many movements and religions and causes and organizations, um, the invitation is follow our protocols. Come and and follow our rules. Come and, 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 and pay your dues. All right, come and submit, Uh, come and believe in all of the things that we believe in. That is the core invitation of so many businesses and organizations and causes. Jesus is obviously different here. It is a person, right? Not principles and procedures. Those matter. Those come into play. But the invitation is a personal invitation. Follow me. Come unto me. Me yoke your life to me. So at its core, we know Jesus. We have a relationship with Him. We are devoted to a person above any principles or protocols. Now, don't don't hear me saying other stuff doesn't matter. Sure, it matters. Sure, it has importance. But we don't want to neglect what it is all about—Jesus, our Savior, our friend our mentor, our Lord, um, and helping people. This is making disciples, is helping people discover a relationship with Jesus and grow in that. That's what discipleship and making disciples is about. So the Great Commission, we make disciples, and that means we are bringing them into this amazing lifelong relationship relationship with Jesus. And I know it sounds basic. We want Some of us want to get on, okay, what's the stuff we need to do? Right, the punch list for disciples. Tell me five things I need to get up and do every day. And, and we'll talk about some of that next week. But we've got to keep going back to what is it? Or else we might turn this into something that it is not supposed to be. We might just become another organization, another cause. Uh, because I run into Christians, sadly, far too often, who don't have a personal friendship, relationship with Jesus. Gordon, that sounds judgy. How can you say that? I'm not saying, they say that to me. They want that. And it makes me sad. But the cool thing is, you can get around some folks that have that, and you can discover it for yourself, and it is never too late to move from religion to relationship, to move from protocols to the person of Jesus. It's never too late. And so it's awesome that we get to invite people to do that. And so whether you were baptized a week ago or 40 years ago, it's never too late to launch into a relationship where you and Jesus are doing life together, where you come unto him. Um, so instead of just a goal of, you know, let's train a bunch of people to defend Our religion, our faith tradition, or to defend our particular church. Or uh, our our main goal is to grow the organization, the church, you know, add members and add contributions. Instead of that, uh, our goal is to follow Jesus and make others who follow Jesus. That is what we are all about. So what about doctrine? What about ministry? What about planting churches? Uh, What about all of this other stuff? Don't they matter? Yes, they matter. They matter a lot. Uh, But think of it like a road trip. Is it important before a long road trip to have gas in your car? Yeah, that's important. Is it important maybe to check the tires and check the oil? Yeah, it's important. Is it important, Isla, to have your sunglasses? She forgot her sunglasses last time we went on a road trip. That was important. But what's more important, when you back out of your garage or pull away from the house, am I turning to the right? Am I turning to the left? What is our destination? Where are we going And you can focus on all of this other stuff in in your faith and lose sight of the destination, which is you and Jesus doing life together, growing to be more and more like him. That is what everything else is about. So back to Matthew chapter 11, our text this morning. Totally relational. The Father and I, I and the Father, those who I've chosen, um, he's inviting us to have this relationship with him. And simplicity is a big thing. Laying things down is a big thing. You've got burdens. You're yoked to all this stuff put it away and follow me simplicity is a big concept here and in a lot of teaching to Jesus what you this image of a yoke by the way if you don't know what that is uh, we're not talking about egg yolks we're talking about a yoke of an oxen that you you know you would you would yoke, it put this harness on it so that it could pull, so that it could be productive. And a yoke would would link it to another ox so that they could pull together. Jesus is saying you don't have to do life alone. Um, There's some stuff you're going to face that's hard. Uh, There's going to be some uphill parts of this, but you and I are doing it together. What you don't want to do And I'm no expert on yoking oxen. But what you don't want to do is have like six or eight oxen yoked together, pulling different directions. And that is what Jesus sees people doing. We yoke ourselves to the wrong things. We tie ourselves to the wrong burdens. And it creates problems for us as our eyes come off Jesus and move on to other things. And let's just, let's talk about a few of these. Now let me say this. As we talk about some of these burdens, some of these yokes that we carry, most of them are good things. Like if you're a drug addict, it's not. You're yoked to this addict. That's a bad. But a lot of the things that we tie ourselves to are actually good things. Like think about this one. I was reading this week about accessibility. I would say being accessible, that sounds like a good thing. But it used to be. That you were either in terms of being open and accessible to people, to your aunt in Ohio or to your boss. um, You could either be on or you could be off. But now we are accessible all the time time. We are being texted or we are texting. We are IMing people on Facebook or Instagram. We are calling or the phone is ringing. Um, you've got it with you everywhere. Facebook, tw- all this stuff. You're accessible all the time and if it is unchecked it can become burdensome. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> we <laughs> Being accessible all all the time, can wear us out. And back to Jesus, it can take our eyes off the one that we are to be yoked to and take our eyes onto a bunch of other things and people and interests. Now, another thing that can be good or bad, but certainly can be a burden, is money. And Jesus talked about money in the Gospel of Matthew. He said, you can either serve God, Or money, but you can't serve both. Like, money is helpful, but it is lousy as a master. It is lousy as an object of your worship. And money, man, I I talked to Prentice Metter, who was my predecessor here, before I ever got here, called him on the phone, and I said, Prentice, I know this is North Dallas, this is an affluent part of the city, and a lot of the members you've told me have money. I said, what do you say to a church that has a lot of money? And Prentice said, Give it away. And I was like, okay. Turn loose of it. Um, Jesus knows what you need. Jesus is going to take care of us. But I love that idea that we can be giving. We can tithe. We can contribute. We can see someone in need and help them out. And not be so yoked to our money that we cannot turn loose of it. It puts it in its proper place. So disciples of Jesus, you're going to see a theme here from what he's talking about. They are free. They are free. They are unburdened by other things because of this relationship they have with the son of God. Uh, By the way, we have a ministry here, financial peace, That helps people who struggle with debt and financial problems. And just stay tuned. If that's something that you feel yoked to, burdened by, we can help you get some freedom from that with some principles from Jesus himself. Um, But what about, here's another one I was thinking about. Uh, Some of us struggle with expectations. Like other people, what they say, what they think, what they expect of us, maybe expectations you have of yourself. Those can be so much of a heavy weight that we carry around that drag us down do, do, are, are high achieving people valuable oh yes I love to be around high achieving people but you can so care about what this person says or this other person says that the voice of Jesus gets crowded out and that is not where we need to be and think about this if Jesus the son of God divi- divinity incarnate who lived a perfect life, if Jesus could not satisfy everybody around him and live up to everybody's expectations, and he didn't, why would you think that you're going to be able to pull it off? So the invitation, come unto me. Set that down. It's not that other people don't matter. It's not that what they think has no importance. But listen to me. And Jesus has some amazing things. It's probably another sermon or two there. But he loves us. He accepts us. He has our future secure in his hands. And because of him, we are children of God. That's who we are. So his voice matters. Listen to me, Jesus says. Uh, And like I said, some some of these burdens can be good things. I would say really good things. I think about your family. Think about children. What a blessing it is to have children, to influence children, to take care of them, to protect them, to lead them. What a, what a beautiful thing. But how often do children become of supreme importance? How often does Jesus kind of get elbowed off the throne as the most important thing to me is my kids? I got to get them into select soccer. Got to get them into into the right school. I got to make sure they get the latest phone if they're asking for that or whatever. And yes, our children matter to us. But here is a key discipleship principle throughout the teaching of Jesus: He has to come first. Our relationship with Jesus must be the primary relationship. And Jesus, to get our attention on this, it may be the most shocking thing he ever said. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus looked at his disciples, his followers, and he said this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, listen to that, hate his own father and mother... And wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, what? He cannot be my disciple. Jesus is obviously not telling you you need to work on your hate game, all right? I need you to really loathe that mother of yours, all right? I need you to work on just despising those kids in your house. He is not saying that, but he is definitely getting our attention. And what he is saying is you need to love me more. I have to come first. And honestly, this other stuff just doesn't Work unless you're yoked to me. Seek ye first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added. It just doesn't work unless he is first. And it's interesting. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think the best thing that I can do for my wife, for my kids, for my work colleagues, I think the best thing I can do for them is for me to put Jesus first. Because when he's first and he is teaching me and I am learning from him on my good days and on my bad days, I am getting more patient. I am a better listener. I'm more kind. I'm more loving. I'm more forgiving. I am more gracious when Jesus is Lord and I'm yoked to him and not to everything and everyone else. I am free to be a blessing. I am free to set down the 560 pounds of check baggage, and just follow Jesus. Um, so, Jesus, this is a big theme, and I'm just going to hit this for a minute as we conclude this morning. Big theme throughout the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament: Jesus came to set you free. And if you don't believe that, I pray that the Holy Spirit will work on your heart today. Jesus came to set you free. And so, I just wanted to go through several passages in the New Testament so that we can see how clear this theme is. Now, each passage has a context like when he's talking to the Galatians, he's talking about being free from religious baggage, from all these traditions and rituals that were being put on their backs and causing them to kind of, you know, kind of slouch with all the weight on them. Everyone has a context, and ideally we could work out each of the different, but we're, gonna, we're just going to kind of get the theme of freedom. So let's go here. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Read that with me if you would. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And a few verses later, read this one with me. He's talking to those same people. He says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. I hear him pleading with them. You're good folks. You came to to Jesus, but you lost that freedom. You were called to freedom, he says. 2 Corinthians 3.17, read this with me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom. Is that good news or what? Thank you, Spirit of God. Where you are, there is freedom. Jesus said to us in John 8, 32, say this with me. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I hope that's happening today. I hope you're hearing the truth above the lie and saying, yes, yes. I'm free in Christ. 1 Peter two sixteen. Live as people who are free. Say that with me. Live as people who are free. And then back to John 8. Speak with me these words of Jesus. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Oh, that's good. And Romans 8, 2, speak this with me. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So there's an unburdening that comes as we move closer and closer to Jesus. Things get put in their proper places. By the way, I read this the other day. I thought this was fantastic. Kind of a way to think about this. Um, This is from a pastor named Ray Ortland, And just kind of imagine uh, the scene that he paints with his words here. He says, you and I are not integrated, unified, whole persons. Our hearts are multi-divided. It's like we have a boardroom in every heart. Imagine a big table. Leather chairs, coffee, bottled water, and a whiteboard. A committee sits around the table in your heart. There is the social self. The private self. There is the work self. The sexual self. The recreational self. The religious self. And others. And the committee is arguing and debating and voting, constantly agitated and upset. Rarely can they come to a unanimous, wholehearted decision. We tell ourselves that we are this way because we are busy with so many responsibilities, but the truth is we're just divided, unfocused, hesitant, and unfree. Wow. So Jesus came to free us by asking us to bring our whole selves into this relationship with him. Our whole hearts into his dominion, under his rule, into this friendship where everything orbits around the Son of God. Satan, by the way, you've you've probably thought this or heard this. Uh, There's this big lie that Satan tells people that, you know, if you come to Jesus, basically, you're going to be less free. Coming to Jesus is going to be a bunch of new burdens on your life, a bunch of new restrictions, some handcuffs that you're going to wear. It's going to be terribly confining, and that is not true. He came to set you free. We are too easily enslaved or, Matthew 11, burdened by all of this other stuff. Bad stuff, good stuff. It burdens us. And he came to set us free. And the closer we get to him, the more free we become until our final release from captivity when we join him in heaven. For everlasting life, so just a little heads up next week we 're going to do some things because i, I was this was going to be the end of the discipleship series, and this week I was like. We, we need to do more, so we're going to do another week. And I think it's going to be the last one, but we are going to get into some really specific, practical things because I know some of you are thinking, man, we're just talking about relationship, 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 and that's on purpose because that's the big thing. That's, we're pulling out, and that's where we want to go is deeper and deeper with Jesus. But we'll talk about some of the specifics that the New Testament gives us on how to pull that off. But I would say to you, if, if you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior you can do that today. He says, Matthew eleven twenty six. 26, come unto me and you can say, yes, I'm in. Be baptized into Jesus. You talk about setting burdens down. When you repent of your sins, you are laying those down. You are coming to Jesus and he washes all your sins away and he gives you his Holy Spirit to help you live for him. It's amazing, it's powerful. So maybe it's time to be baptized into Jesus. Maybe this morning you are a disciple and there's just some baggage that that you need to set down. You've been carrying it around. It's time to set it down. And we would invite you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and learn more about how to do that and how to live this simple, unified life around Jesus. And yeah, there's, there's Bible class connections here. There's small groups here. There's ministries here that can help you. There's a lot of things that can help you. Uh, maybe you don't have a church home. Maybe you are a disciple of Jesus, but you're looking for a place to belong. We'll have our PC... 101, right, Phil? Coming up March the 6th, and we'd love to have you there to formally, officially become part of the Preston Crest family, but we're just glad that you're here with us, if that's kind of your stage of the journey right now. We'd love to have you as part of our church home. And then maybe you're just a disciple and kind of your walk has gotten stale, that happens. Um, We'd love to work with you and talk with you about how to freshen that up and how to kind of dust that off and, and exercise your faith as you follow Jesus as you step out into the world in the name of Jesus. This morning also, it may just be that you have prayers that you need to pray. And Phil and I will be praying with you if you want to pray, or get together with somebody right next to you and just say, hey, I need prayers about this, or this person at work needs prayers about this. But ultimately, what we're going to do right now is respond to the invitation of Jesus. He said, come to me. And let's do that as we stand and worship Him.
0: This is my desire to honor)
1: Great time of worship. Thank you, Gordon, for those challenging words. We look forward also then to, to next week. Just a couple of uh, quick announcements. Uh, we are tying a quilt. Uh, So we hope that many of you will go and tie this quilt. We're actually tying two, one for Rebecca Taylor, who's a 19-year-old with uh, an unknown autoimmune disease, and she's experiencing a a lot of pain. And the other one is uh, for Jim Ware, who's recovering from double lung transplant surgery. And so we ask that you pray for both of these people, tie the quilt, we know this will be very meaningful to them. Also, let's talk about Genesis the LTC the children's uh, and Youth program is studying Genesis and tonight. Uh, the adults will also study Genesis as we continue uh, that study tonight. Jacob Hawk will be uh, guiding that lesson tonight on Genesis uh, and then also, I hope you're enjoying reading through the Bible. We are finishing up Genesis this week if you're reading the Bible with us uh, and if you haven't done uh, join that yet, it's still time because we're still in Genesis, and so you can go on the website and find the link and join us in, in reading through the Bible this year. Our take-home verse uh, this morning comes from John 8, 12. We've read a lot of great scripture together this morning. Let's read this one together. I am the light of the world Who, whoops, I'm sorry, let me, let me start over here. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And God's people said, Amen.